Continuing this afternoon our studies in our Articles of Faith, and particularly the point, the eternal purpose of God, the eternal purpose of God. What is the eternal purpose of God? We believe that election is the eternal, personal, unconditional purpose of God according to which he graciously regenerates, sanctifies, and saves lost sinners. There's more to that statement, but it only lead to that point because it covers what will be, well, more than what we'll get through today. We've looked at the eternal, the personal, and the unconditional purpose of God according to which He graciously regenerates. We'll stop there. I wonder if I were to ask this afternoon how many of you could tell me what we meant by, mean by, regenerate. If you could answer, do you know what regeneration is? The definition for regenerate is number one to generate or produce anew to reproduce it is number two in theology to renew heart by change of affections to change the heart and affections from natural enmity to God and to the love of God to plant holy affections in the heart In other words, he's born anew. He's not how he was the first time he was born. That is, with a sin nature. And in time, it was very obvious that he was a sinner. Regeneration is the rebirth, the b- morning anew. 
regeneration. As we look at the word regeneration, it is the new birth, that work of the Holy Spirit, by which the soul, previously dead in sin, is created anew in Christ unto righteousness. <laughs> Thus, we'll be reading in the book of John in chapter 3 in just a moment, but before we get there, on the subject of regenerator or regeneration, turn with me to the book of John in chapter 1. The book of John in chapter 1 And here in this first chapter of John, we read something very interesting. As concerning coming to Christ, as concerning the new birth. In verse 11 it says, He, Jesus, the Word, the Word that was with God, the Word that was God, He who created everything, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. He gave them power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. How? How did that take place? How did he give them the power to believe on the Son of God and to become the sons of God? Verse 13 explains it very well. Which were born... I don't have to tell you what born is. It's a birth. But it's obvious he's not talking about the physical birth. It's obvious he's talking about a spiritual birth. About that individual being regenerated. About that individual being born again. Born anew. Being born a new creature which were born not of blood, it's not because of your lineage, your blood lineage, your pedigree, nor of the will of the flesh, it's not because your grandma and grandpa willed it to be, or that your mom and dad willed it to be, nor of the will of man nor the will of any other man, <laughs> including yourself. Your flesh is not the will of the flesh. You're a man. <laughs> it's not the will of man that we were reborn, that we were born anew, but of God. It's of God that we were born anew. 
creature. Now, go to the third chapter of John. And because of that, when Nicodemus came to Jesus, inquiring of Jesus, Jesus answered in verse 3, and said unto him, unto Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, born anew, be regenerated, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus, you're a ruler of the Jews. You, you, you sit on the Sanhedrin. And you don't know such a simple question as this? You don't know that what Jesus is talking to you about is not about a physical birth. It's not about re-entering into your mother's womb and being born again. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus patiently answers him. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, except he be born of the Word, the water of the Word, which is the cleansing agent, the Holy Spirit works using the word to cleanse him, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You see, your first birth was all wrong. Your first birth was by earthly parents, fleshly parents. Your first birth, your parents were had the sin nature. And, and every man and woman sent since Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned, they now had the sin nature. And every child that was born to Adam and Eve and down through time has had that sin nature. And in time, they exercised themselves unto sin. So you got to have a new birth. you got to have a new heart. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He's talking about the spiritual man. The first birth with the sin nature, that, that soul of man is, is wicked and evil. And its, its desires and passions are, are towards things of the world. It's toward the flesh. It's, it's evil. It's wickedness. 
And so there must be a rebirth of the soul of the heart, of the innermost being of man. His, his desires and passions must be new. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Here's the work of the Holy Spirit. And here's what the Holy Spirit is likened unto. The wind bloweth where it listeth. That is where it wills. And thou hearest the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. We can relate to that, can't we? So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You can't see the Spirit come upon them. You can't see the Spirit enter into them, regenerating them. But let me tell you something. One who is truly regenerated, one who has truly had a work of the Spirit of God done in their heart and life, they are a changed creature. You can see the effects. Just as you can see the effects of the wind blowing upon its objects, you can see the effects of the working of the Holy Spirit upon His objects. You see. Turn with me back to an Old Testament passage in the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel in chapter 36. In verse 26. Verse 25 we read. God speaking concerning his people Israel. Concerning us. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart, out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh <laughs> you see new birth a regeneration the the old testament the old covenant the the law which was the covenant that God made with Israel it was written in stone. Symbolizing that stony heart. But the new covenant, the New Testament, is written upon the heart, written upon the flesh. He put His Word in our heart. See, the change of the, the old hard desires and passions of the flesh to, to something new, new desires, new passions. 
new desires and new passions which are Godward. It's seek to honor and praise and glorify Him. That is, takes about through the process of regeneration. We've been regenerated. We've been born anew. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians and chapter 3 and verse 3. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone. There it is, that, that stone that the, the old covenant was written in, that written upon that stony heart that was symbolic in Israel and every man, that stony heart, but in fleshly tables of the heart. <laughs> you see, now, now, he says, the apostle says to the Corinthians, he says, God has written it in our heart, that fleshly heart. <laughs> Not on, in that stony heart, not on tables of stone, but in a heart that desires to do His will, desires to obey His command, desires to bring honor, glory, and praise unto Him. Another well-known passage of Scripture that we read frequently John chapter 6 and verse 63 when it comes to the Spirit giving life, when the Spirit makes us to live. Verse 63 of John chapter 6. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. It is the Spirit that makes alive. The flesh. What's that profit you? It profits you nothing. The words that I speak, Jesus said unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The word of God accompanied by the Holy Spirit of God, they are life. They regenerate men. And so in Second Corinthians Chapter 5, in verse 17, we read, Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Why? Because he's been regenerated. Being in Christ. He's been regenerated. He's been born anew. He's been given a new heart with new desires and passions. We don't seek the pleasures of the world. We don't seek to please the flesh, but we seek 
to please him. Titus, the book of Titus in chapter 3. In verse 5, another well-known passage. Read in verse 4 along with it. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. And how did, how did it come to us? How did it appear to us? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. We had none. But according to His mercy, He saved us. How? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. By regeneration. The work of the Holy Spirit making us alive and, and, and implanting in us a new heart. James chapter 1. The book of James and chapter 1. Every good gift, verse 17. We'll begin with verse 17. Verse 18 is the one I want. James 1, 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom, there is, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of His own will... John 1.13 The will of God of His own will begat <laughs> He us with the word of truth that way should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures of His will that we are begotten it is of His will that we are born anew. It is of His will that we are regenerated. Made anew in Christ Jesus. Just turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us. He hath begotten us. Going back to, to John chapter 3, we're talking about the spiritual birth, a spiritual rebirth. This, the, the, the spirit of man the soul of man was dead in sins and trespasses. We needed to be born anew. We needed to be given life. Life in Christ Jesus. We were begotten. He has begotten us again unto a lively hope. I like that word lively. Lively hope. Living 
living hope. We live it. We live it each and every day of our lives. We don't, we don't abide in sin. We don't dwell in sin. Yes, we sin, but we don't dwell in sin. We don't continue in sin. Why? Because we have a living hope. Hope that causes us to live godly in Christ Jesus. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How? How? Verse 23 of, of this same, same chapter. Verse 23. We read, being born again, not of corruptible seed. You see, the first birth was of corruptible seed. The sin nature of our mother and father and of their mother and father all the way back to Adam. But of incorruptible, an incorruptible seed. Well, what is that incorruptible seed? By the Word of God. <laughs> the Word of God is that incorruptible seed which the Holy Spirit uses to born us anew. Which liveth and abideth forever. <laughs> he that is born... He that is, is born of incorruptible seed. Uh, he that is born of the word of God. Because the word of God liveth and abideth forever. He too, being born of that seed, liveth and abideth forever. Of course, we know John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. <laughs> it's the word concerning Jesus Christ. Turn with me to the book of 1 John. 1 John and chapter 2. Looking with me at verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One. And ye know all things. Turning with me, going back, uh, actually going ahead. And I didn't think that sounded right. I wanted, actually wanted verse 29. Verse 29. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of Him. If you know that God is righteous, if you know that Jesus Christ is righteous, you, then you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of Him. You see, we're talking about there's a change. 
a new, in the new birth, there's a change that takes place. Those old desires and passions are, are gone, and, and now we have desires and passions that are Godward. They're seek to, for His honor and seek for His glory. And so we seek to obey His commandments. We seek to do His will. We seek to walk in His way. We seek those things that are pleasing to Him. That is a change. That is the righteousness that we're walking in. It's not our own righteousness. It's the righteousness of He that dwelleth within us. So turn with me to chapter 3. Chapter 3 and verse 9, where he puts it like this. Whosoever is born, verse 9 of chapter 3, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For this, for his seed remaineth in him. The new man. It remains in you. The Holy Spirit is, is given to you. The Holy Spirit is there bearing witness with your spirit that you are the children of God, sons of God. The Holy Spirit is leading you in the paths of righteousness. And he cannot sin. That which is in you cannot sin because he is born of God. <laughs> I know these verses cause problems for a lot of a lot of people. But simply put, can the Holy Spirit of God sin? Well good it wouldn't be God. The Holy Spirit of God can't sin. The Holy Spirit of God has done work on your heart. You've been born again by the Spirit and by the Word. Affected upon your heart. And that individual, that individual that, that has the Holy Spirit within him and, and, and has been born again by the Spirit and the, by the Word of God, the incorruptible seed, he does not continue in the practice of sin. He does not continue a life of habitual sin. Doesn't mean we don't sin sometimes. We've already established that. Yes, we do sin sometimes, but we don't continue to live in that life of sin. In other words, as, as Paul said to the Corinthians, he lists off all these sins, the, the adulterers and the fornicators and the whoremongers and, and, and the effeminate and, and, and without natural affection. And he says, and such were some of you. In other words, those folks were living lives of habitual sin and adultery, living lives in uh, habitual fornication, living lives uh, habitually effeminate. But when they were saved, when they were regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God, they came out of that practice. They quit practicing that sin. 
They quit practicing that lifestyle. They came out of it. Why? <laughs> because they're a new creature now. They have new desires. You see, the man who is truly born again of God does not and cannot continue the rest of his life in sin. Turn with me in comparison to the book of John and chapter 15. John chapter 15 and verse 7. If ye abide in me, Are you in Christ? Are you dwelling in Christ? That's what he said. If you abide in me, if you're dwelling in me, and my words <laughs> abide in you, is the word of God dwelling in you? Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done. And what he's stating here is those that, that abide in Christ, those that are dwelling in Christ, they have Christ's word dwelling in them. And what does that do? If we have Christ dwelling in us, we have word dwelling in us, what does that do? It affects a change in our life. It affects a change in our manner of life. It affects a change in the way we walk, the path we walk, and where we tread. So now going back to the book of 1 John, in chapter 3, and looking at verse 14. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Do you? Do you? I've been in some instances in the Lord's churches that there wasn't much love toward the brethren demonstrated. I mean, quite on the other side of the coin. There was anger and there was yelling. I'm talking about in the assembly. I witnessed it with my own two eyes. I witnessed it with my own two ears. There was even a time when, when 
couple of individuals were irate and anger and hatred spewing out of their eyes and out of their voice towards the pastor. We know that we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. <laughs> Chapter 4. Chapter 4 and verse 7. Behold, uh, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. <laughs> that spirit I just described to you, that was not of God. If it had been of God, they wouldn't have reacted that way. And let me tell you, that went on for a long time. That animosity. That anger. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Going to the end of that chapter. Verse 20, if a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, and how is that hatred determined? By a demonstration, by a display of hatred. He is a liar, for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he which loveth God loveth his brother also Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, born of God, begotten of God, regenerated, born anew of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. Do I need to break that down for you? You say you love Jesus Christ, then you're begotten, if you do in fact love Jesus Christ, then you're begotten of God. And if you're begotten of God, then you love those that God begets. Who are the children of God? <laughs> Who, back in chapter 3, chapter 4, was referencing your brother. By this we know that we love the children of God 
Here's how you know whether you really love the children of God or not. Those that are begotten of God. When we love God, and it's not a period there. It doesn't stop there. When we love God and keep His commandments, His Word is dwelling in us because it's dwelling in us we obey his commandments and because his word is dwelling in us because Christ is dwelling in us we love those that are begotten of God as well those that are regenerated regenerated by the gospel and the Holy Spirit of God are our brothers and sisters in Christ because we love God and love the Lord Jesus Christ and He's dwelling in us and His Word's dwelling in us, we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And love is not just a word that comes from our lips, but love is demonstrated by an action, by our works. We demonstrate our love. Next week, Lord willing, we'll go on to the part that he not only regenerates, but he sanctifies. 